This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody, to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode number 48. Today, we're going over April financials for April of 2020. So I am Craig over there. Chris, how you doing, Chris? I'm hanging in there, doing all right. How about you, Craig? Uh, it's all right. Yeah, the uh, the COVID stuff continues, but uh, you know my spirits remain high, at least for now, I guess. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, everything turns out all right. Um, but we're going to be talking about the the April financials and how that stuff has affected Holland Assets, and uh, you know what what sort of numbers we're seeing lately. So it's our monthly dive into the financials for the company. So, Chris, uh, before we get into that, anything you want to update me on? How are things going? Um, th- things are going okay. I, you know, about probably how you would expect. I mean, COVID, uh, Holland Assets caught COVID in April. Um, April was not a good month. You know, we've we've been doing this. Um, you know, April's the 13th month we've been, we've been running. So a little over a year and it's the first time we've, uh, we've had a loss and it's not pretty. Oh, really? Wow. Well, I'm, I'm scared to ask. Usually I want to ask, you know, right away, what's the final number, but then you always push me off. And so now I'm fine with you pushing me off until the end. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Well, and, and I'm, and I'm going to keep pushing you off. We'll kind of Hold on to that. There's a few other things I'd kind of like to talk a little bit about before we actually get into the financials. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's a, I, you know, I, I'm sure everybody out there in the industry is experiencing something similar. And, um, you know, it, it kind of, it is what it is. There's some resources out there to kind of help us through this. And um, with that being said, you know, April was bad, but it, it's feeling like May's a little bit better. Rates are still tough, but uh we're at least able to keep the truck moving and, and moving fairly consistently. So that's, uh, that's step one in the battle. And that next, hopefully, as uh, time goes on, um, rates will get a little bit better. Restaurants around the country are starting to open up um, for dine-in seating, which I think is going to make, make a big difference. You know, that's not going to all happen overnight. You know, they've kind of likened it to not turning on a light switch, but kind of turning on a faucet it's going to be little by little so the 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 faucet's starting to trickle but uh, it's going to be a while before it's raging right yeah that makes a lot of sense we got to get that supply chain going again for the actual supply chain drivers to uh to work at their full capacity that they used to for uh, sure all right so yeah it is it is tough out there right now and there's a lot that is going on that people can't control right uh, the the government has shut things down and, and people have shut things down on their own. It's not just the government shutdowns, uh, but everything is kind of grinding to a halt, it seems like, and hopefully picking back up again now. But all of that stuff is outside of the control of, uh, of, of your average owner-operator. They, they, they can't. <laughs> they can't decide when and how things open up. But there probably are some things that they can control, right, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. And that's really, as an owner-operator, what you need to do is really focus on those things that you can control. Um, and, and that'll put yourself in the most ideal situation the most often when you're focusing on those controllable items. And this you know, this is a principle that's not just applicable to right now. It, it is to 
any time in life, but it's really one of those things you kind of need to think about and focus on right now because there's a lot that is out of your control. And it kind of reminds me of my my youth when I was working on the, uh, my grandpa's farm. You know, I'd go live with him in the summer, work on the farm. And one thing that used to just kind of bug the heck out of me that I hated is that whenever it would rain, instead of just going in and, and resting or chilling and and uh, watching some TV or something, my grandpa, who was an incredibly disciplined man, we would take us out and we would go do maintenance on all of our equipment. So the rain comes in, which is something as a farmer that you cannot control. You can't control when it rains. You may want to be out cutting hay today, but you can't because it's raining. Well, so you know that, that would be frustrating that you'd want to be out there and working, but you couldn't. And so we would go out and we'd do maintenance on equipment. That way, when the sun was shining and things were going well, we could just hit things hard because the equipment would function better. It would run less likely to have breakdowns. And, uh, you know, things always turned out a little bit better that way. Um, cause that well-maintained equipment, that's one of those things that you could control. So, you know, those rainy days, we'd go grease the hell out of everything. We'd replace blades on the swather, We'd clean the crap out of the baler so it wouldn't jam as much. You know, and then we got to do the really fun jobs like getting rid of the mice nests that are in the <laughs> baler, you yeah. know, the pumps or whatever the heck it was that they were building mice uh, nests in that year. And I really hated doing that kind of work. But it didn't take very long for me to realize why my grandpa was so stringent about doing that. And it's because you know he had a lot of wisdom and he emphasize putting some effort into those things that were mundane because in the long run, they'd pay off big time. They'd help things run smooth. And you wouldn't have those things, those unexpected breakdowns as often. And things would just always run a lot smoother. And, you know, he was a smart man, still is a smart man. He's still around, um, getting old, but he's still around. And I learned a lot from him. And that's really one of those things that I, I learned early on in my in my youth was focusing on those things that you can control and doing those mundane, less sexy things so that uh, it'll it'll pay off in the long run. It's the whole uh, sharpening your axe thing. We've talked about that before, right? It is. Yeah, we have talked about that. Do you, you know, you're kind of a little bit of a sports fan. Do you like golf? Uh, I'm familiar with its work. I, I can't say that I'm a big <laughs> golfer myself. I yeah I'm I'm not a huge golfer either but you know it, it's a it's an interesting sport and you, one of the things that you know I think kind of relates to this especially when you think about that you know focusing and working on those mundane things is one of the sayings that you hear all the time in golf you um, drive for show and putt for dough have you ever heard that saying before I think I have yeah yeah and and it just boils down to that a lot of guys you know the driving a golf ball is the sexy part of golf. And so a lot of guys will spend just a ton of time out on the driving range working on their driver. Well, the overall effect that has on your score is is minimal compared to putting. And a lot of guys don't spend time working on their putty putter and putting because that's not the sexy part of golf. And it's kind of boring. It's kind of mundane. It's tedious. And, and it gets neglected. That practice screen time gets neglected, even though the benefit is really big. And it's kind of the same thing, you know, in, in trucking. Where you gotta, you gotta take care of the everyday things, make sure that your, your tools are sharp or whatever. So that when it's time to put on the show, uh, that stuff actually matters. 
Yeah. So when you when you have downtime in trucking, which happens, you know, there's ebbs and flows in freight and, you know, there's ebbs and flows in your days. You know, sometimes you get stuck at a shipper a little bit longer. So, you know, sometimes you get stuck in an area where, you know, all of a sudden unexpectedly the freight's kind of dried up a little bit. And so you may get stuck around. And that's when you kind of focus on, you know, some of those more mundane things that are incredibly important. And and in this kind of time when COVID abounds and, you know, freight's not as abundant as it has been, there's ample opportunity to spend time doing some of these things that I want to talk out, talk about really quick because, you know, there's just, you're, there's not as much freight and you're not moving around as hard. And, and so if you put the time and effort into those things now, when there's really not a whole lot of other things you can do, it's going to pay off dividends in the long run. Yeah. And when I'm thinking, uh, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to read your mind here, Chris. And uh, one of the topics that I've enjoyed hearing you talk about is building relationships and you know, trying to get those direct relationships with shippers, that sort of thing. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about that you can do on your downtime? Yeah, absolutely. Um, don't try to read into my mind. You might not find what you, or you might not like what you find. <laughs> that, that's kind of a dangerous thing. Well, too late. <laughs> you're going to get yourself in trouble, Craig. <laughs> your wife's not going to let us hang out anymore. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, so building those relationships, and one of those is is really you know shippers. Ultimately, like we've you know I've emphasized and emphasized and emphasized, you want to try as much as possible to bypass brokers and go straight to shippers. And um, you know I, I hear owner operators say all the time, "Well, shippers don't want to work with me because I've only got one truck." The first question they ask when you call is, "How many trucks do you have?" And there's you know there's a lot of shippers out there that yeah that's the case. But even some shippers that say they will only work with you know larger trucking companies, I've seen them work with owner operators. Um, it's just a matter of you finding the right person to talk to, developing the relationship with that right person and finding in a time, you know, there may be, there may not be an opportunity to do that today because maybe they've got more trucks than freight they can, they can, um, find for, but they, they switch that, you know, that switches at times. And sometimes they just get so desperate, they'll work with anybody. And when you do that and you do a good job, you develop the relationship, you know, all of a sudden you'll see people make exceptions for you and, let you work for them, even so, even though they may say they don't. With that being said, there's still a lot of shippers out there who work with owner operators. Yeah. Okay. So, what's another thing that you could do during that downtime? Another thing that I think's good to do is is talk with other owner operators and ask who they haul for. And you know, some of them are gonna just plain tell you, "Hey, take a hike." I'm not gonna tell you who I work for. I don't want you stealing my loads. But there's a lot of guys out there that uh, you know are willing to take a, a young novice under their wings or you know help out because somebody helped them out earlier in, on in life and they kind of want to repay you know that uh, that circle of giving and and. So, so there are guys who are out there do it. So, you know, don't be afraid to talk to people and ask. And, you know, whether it's you're talking to other owner operators or you're talking to other shippers, you know, you're going to get rejected and you have to be willing to be rejected. Um, you may get rejected 10 to 20 times before you find that one person who's going to give you the time of day and help you out. But you just have to have that discipline. You have to know it's a numbers game. It's You, know, you hear this kind of um, adage in sales all the time. I see it in sales all the time. The good salespeople understand this. And it's the same thing with owner-operators because you are, you know, to an extent, selling yourself and selling your business. You're going to get rejected. You're going to get rejected more than you get accepted. And you just have to be willing to know that, okay, I've you know, I've got to get rejected 20 times before somebody is going to help me out. And you just have to 
understand that, realize that, and just kind of you know push through and 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 get those nineteen rejections before you hit the twentieth that says, yeah, okay, let me help you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now something occurred to me while you were talking, and you related the story of the farm equipment, and I suppose that could apply here as well, right? You've got equipment that that you depend on for your business, meaning your truck and your trailer. Uh, that's that's got to be something you can concentrate on uh, when things are a little slower, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, whether it's, you know, things are slower, or maybe you're just stuck at a shipper a little bit longer than you would like to, you know, get out and do a little bit more thorough of a daily inspection and, and dive a little bit deeper into things and, and, you know, look for potential things that could cause some issues. You take, for example, Mike um, the other day found a small leak in are in the window washer fluid container on the truck. And, you know, if he wasn't being really meticulous and paying attention to that kind of thing, we probably wouldn't notice it until it became a big problem. So what ends up happening is I'm able to go out, find the best price I can for that container, which was like 80 bucks versus buying it at a dealership at 160 bucks. And the next time he's in town, I, I mean, it's pretty easy to replace. Uh, you know, I can take it off and replace it and, and it's not going to cost me a whole lot versus, um, you know, getting a repair like that done on the road is going to cost easy, you know, 300 bucks. And I can do it for 80 because Mike was, you know, checking and looking for those kind of things. So, you know, th that's just a small example, but there, there are examples of, of stuff like that. Just be thorough on your inspections, go and find something. And, um, you know, the ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure is, is definitely applicable in this kind of a situation. It's, uh, I don't know if we have the time in this episode to get into it, but that does raise an interesting question in my mind, which is, you know, in these lean times, you want to uh, run as lean as possible and that sort of thing, you know, maintaining equipment and all that costs money, you know, versus uh, making calls to shippers and stuff. That stuff's free, right? But uh, if you want to maintain your equipment, uh, you're now you're spending money. And so now you got to balance the, uh, uh, you know, spending money and making money and all that stuff um, a little differently. But again, maybe yeah. that's a topic for a different day. It probably is because, I mean, that's something that you could dive deep into, but it's a really good point. You know, it's, you know, one, you want to spend as little as you can on maintenance. So you want to be able to do as much as you possibly can um, on your own versus having somebody else do it. And, you know, kind of paying attention to things is a good way to, you know, hitting small problems and fixing them before they come big problems is going to save you a ton of money. And, um, you know, and, and then also, you know, with some maintenance things, you can say, okay, um, you know, maybe I'm going to push this off for another week to um, let a little bit more cash build up or, you know, wait till I get home where it's going to be cheaper, you know, something like that. It is. It's a balancing act. It's kind of a fine line you got to walk. And yeah, it really just kind of boils down to you want to set yourself up to be in the best possible possible position for success. You know, we've talked a little bit about this in the past where, you know, to a certain extent, you create your own luck. And I am such a firm believer in this that, you know, luck just doesn't happen except for in very, very, very rare circumstances. But I see all the time that when you take, you know, deliberate measures and do specific things and are disciplined about what you do, you, to a great extent, create your own success and your own luck. And and doing those mundane things is one of those things that really helps you do that. But you have to be consistent at it. You can't give up at it. You know, calling those shippers, it's not one of those things you can do for a week and say, okay, I've done it. It didn't work. It's I, I quit. 
you have to do it for a long time. You have to, you know, essentially for as long as you're in business, you need to be doing those things to contacting shippers, you know, being deliberate about your maintenance um, for, you know, really forever. Because if you're not doing it, your competitors are, and they're going to eat you alive if, if they're doing it and you're not. So stay ahead of your competitors, you know, do those small things. They make a big difference in the long run. Well said. All right. So, Chris, should we dive into, uh, finally dive into the April numbers? I know we've been avoiding them because you said they're not pretty, uh, but maybe yeah, we should talk I, about this a little bit. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm not super excited to talk about this this uh, this month's uh, profit and loss statement, but it's the reality. It's, it is it is what it is. And I've said from the very beginning of this podcast, I want to be 100% transparent um, I, I want people to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's a lot of good, and but there's some hard and some bad. And this is one of those things where it's it, it hasn't been a good month. It's been a, a really bad month as far as the financial numbers go. But you know that's why for a long time I've been talking about you've got to save. You know it's not one of those things. You know I I, I obviously am not going to be able to do this forever if we keep having these numbers, but. We've set ourselves up over the last year to be able to weather this kind of a storm for a little while. It, it hasn't killed us. And in in reality, even though Holland Assets caught COVID in, in April and and we've uh, we, we've been hit kind of hard, we haven't had to be hospitalized. You know, and it was rough, but we're on a path to recovery. May's looking better than April was, and I'll bet you June's going to be better than May is. I think it's just going to kind of keep going up from here. You know, how long it takes, that's kind of anybody's guess. But we'll obviously keep everybody informed in, in what's happening. But, you know, really, if you look at it big picture, and that's what you have to do when you run into a month like this that's bad. You have to look at the big picture. You have to realize this is just one little snapshot in time. It's not the end of the world. It, it's something that's that's happened, and we'll get through it. Because even with as bad as April has been, we're still $10,000 plus for the year. Okay, for, for 2020 total then? For 20, yeah, just 2020, we're $10,000 in the black, even after as crappy as a, of an April as we've had. So, you know, that's the good news. Okay, well, let's get into the actual numbers then, uh, the, the bad news, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get into the bad news. So first and foremost, we only ran 6,644 miles in April. And there's there's two aspects to this. Part of it is covid um, the big part of it, but we also hired Mike in April and there was a little bit of a lull in transitioning from me driving to him driving that is, is part of why we ran as few miles as we did. That's Yeah, that was going to be the first thing I asked is uh, the new driver aspect of it, trying to get him up to speed uh, with hauling assets, right? Yeah, just trying to talk to, to um, time when I stopped driving to have everything ready for him to go. Um, I, I don't think I timed it super well. I probably ended me driving a little bit sooner than I should have. Cause early on in April, I, I was still able to get decent loads, not great, but decent loads. And, and I kind of quit maybe somewhere between half a week and a week before I probably should have, I should have taken one more trip. Oh, I bet your wife is okay with it. She, uh, she was definitely okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's your total miles run. I know you also like to uh, factor in deadhead miles, and and you're shooting for what five percent on that? Around five percent. 
you know, well, five percent's great. Anything less than ten percent's usually still pretty decent. And, and so our deadhead miles were a little bit high, but not too bad. Seven hundred fourteen. So we're a little bit over that ten percent mark, but not much. Okay. Yeah, I think that puts you at what eleven or twelve percent. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, the, and then uh, that gives you a total revenue. And w- while we haven't gotten to the rate per mile that you got, but what what's your revenue number? And then I guess we can figure it out from there. The total revenue was eight thousand two hundred eighty-five dollars and fifty cents, which is the lowest we've we've ever had. Um, even the month w- the months where I've had my annual training with the National Guard, the month that uh, where we were doing that where the truck was broken down and we we were off the road for a month or a week in November and two weeks in December, we still did better those months than than uh, in April. Wow, is that because of the rates that you're getting then? Part of it was, it, it's twofold. We ran so few miles, and the miles that we did run, yeah, the rates were pretty crappy. And yeah. So that uh, that definitely had a big impact. So what what was your rate per mile then? The rate per mile was a horrible one dollar and twenty four cents. But with that being said, that's kind of a misleading number. Well, it, it's it's a very misleading number, and the reason behind that is because. The way my loads worked and how I kind of calculated this, because I had a load that we took near the end of April where pretty much all the miles, 1,430 miles of that load were ran in April. So they counted against the rate per mile, but we delivered the load on the 1st of May. So the revenue counted in May and not April. So 90% of the miles of that load were ran in April, but none of the revenue was counted in April's numbers. Wow. So if you take if you take that out, um, w- which will give us a, a truer representation, it was $1.59 a mile, which still is not is not good by any means, but you know, it's no dollar twenty-four. That's just <laughs> yeah. that's a skewed bad number. Yeah, I mean, well, you said it was what, fourteen hundred miles. That's gotta be a quarter or maybe a fifth of the total monthly miles then is uh counting against that rate. That's uh yeah, that's a huge it is, chunk. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it, and yeah, that's a big that's a big reason why it was um, kind of as bad as it was. So, how many days were you able to get out on the road, either you or Mike? Um, we were on the road eleven full days. So, this is a co- combination of both of us: eleven full days and two partial days. Okay, all right, yeah. So, definitely a slow month, um, and that gives you then. Uh, you said it is a net loss. What are we looking at? What's the damage here, Chris? The damage was. $6,010.76, so a little over $6,000 in the negative. My word. But that is, yeah, so. I now, okay, we're, we're playing the good news, bad news game here. That is bad news. But the good news is, as far as I remember, uh, you said this is the 13th month on the road, and that's the first time you've ever come back with a negative number right there in your your uh, uh, your, your net profit, right? It is, and and luckily March was really strong. March, if you remember, right, was actually if if I remember right, I should have pulled this up before, but it was around eight thousand dollars in the positive. So if you combine the two between March and April, we're still positive. Um, but yeah, yeah, April was just it was tough. Yeah, so you got to look for the silver linings, but still that hurts. Yeah, that's that's a big loss there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So those are the numbers, uh, the, the kind of overview, broad numbers. Is there anything specific you want to dive into from this month's uh, profit and loss statement? 
Yeah, let's let's go into some of the details. And again, you can go on to the Holland Assets website, hollandassetsllc.com. Um, look up episode 48. You can find the profit and loss statement on there so you can see it yourself and, and kind of go through some of these things. But some of the ones I really want to highlight are one, driver pay. Um, again, this is a, a, a factor of um, really bad timing on hiring because I, I ended up hiring Mike. What, what ended up happening is when I offered him the job, rates were still decent. Freight was still moving at a kind of more close to its normal pace. It was still affected a little bit by COVID, but not too bad. So he ends up giving his two weeks notice to his current employer. And by the time the two weeks was up and he was ready to run with me, everything had crashed. And so I ended up actually paying Mike almost, well, about a week and a half, almost two weeks worth of wages where he wasn't running. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I mean, good for Mike, I guess. Not so good yeah, for you. It, it was good for Mike. And, and, and in the long run, it's still, it's good for me. I mean, I, the way I look at it, and we're going to talk about this, the next two episodes that we're going to do are going to be about the hiring process. And the first one, I'm going to talk a little bit about my philosophy with employees and some of the things that I think are important when you hire somebody. And then the second episode, we're going to kind of go through more the, the, the nuts and bolts and the mechanics of the process. But, um, the thing that is the, 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 takeaway I want to kind of maybe give a little bit teaser into next week's episode is that I I really don't want to hire somebody. I, I take my time in hiring somebody and find the right person. I really felt like I had a gem with Mike, um, a, the, the right person I was looking for. And so the last thing I want to do is give him a bad taste of my company and having him come work for me. And then all of a sudden he can't make money with me. He's not running. And so I kind of took the hit on that and bridged that gap because I think in the long run, he and I are going to make some good money together and it's, it's well worth it to give him a good taste of me and the company kind of right off the bat. I mean, it's a, we just talked about it 10 or 15 minutes ago. It's uh, maintaining relationships and, you know, it, even more important than those external relationships are the ones within your own company, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one thing that you look at, you know, when when you look at driver pay, um, driver pay should make up somewhere. I mean, this is just really rough number, somewhere around twenty five percent of um, your overall your your revenue. Oh, and okay. in this situation, for April, driver pay was over fifty percent of the total revenue, and and a big part of it was because you know uh, I thought. For my sake and for Mike's sake, it was a, a better idea to pay him, even though I wasn't able to keep the truck running. Yeah, no, that and makes, that's a you that know that's a, my business decision. Everybody may not want to treat their business that way, but that's kind of what I decided to do. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So, anything else you want to point out from that P and L? Um, fuel was a little bit high too. Kind of the same reason. I you know I think what ended up happening is we probably fueled the truck up while it wasn't while it was sitting getting ready. So I think there's an, kind of an extra tank and of fuel in there, maybe three or 400 bucks. Um, that, that kind of skews the numbers a little bit. Um, and then, you know, there were some repairs and some maintenance, a few things. I, I, I put a little bit more into repairs and maintenance 
um, while the truck was sitting before Mike took it for the first time, some things that were just kind of bugging me a little bit, um, things that probably didn't have to happen. But again, I wanted Mike to have a good impression that he was getting a good truck that's well taken care of and well maintained right off the bat. And so I, I did a few things that I may not have had to have done. I may have had done later on down the road, but I just decided to do, where, do them right then. So that kind of skewed the numbers a little bit because the repairs and, and maintenance was a little bit uh, higher than normal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, well, Chris, uh, any parting thoughts on that P&L before we uh, close up shop here for this week? Nope. I think that's about it. Okay. Well, well, you know, hopefully uh, it's, if this episode feels like a downer, don't worry. It's only because it kind of is. Uh, but hopefully people listening can uh, take something from the down months just as much as they can from the up months that we talk about here on uh, Holland Assets. So, uh, so yeah, hit us with your comments, your thoughts uh, at Facebook. Find us, uh, Holland Assets, on Facebook or go to hollandassetsllc.com, like Chris mentioned, and uh, go to the show notes. You can leave comments there. And Chris reads all of those comments. I even read most of those comments as well. Uh, even though I have absolutely no wisdom to offer to you. <laughs> uh, but we do like to hear from you, so hit us up uh, with your thoughts on this one, and stick around because, like Chris said, next week we're going to be talking about employees, hiring, and uh, you know building those relationships within, within your business and not just uh, with other businesses as well. So, Chris... Actually, can I add one more thing into it? You, when that last little blurb that you talked about um, kind of triggered something in me that I want to—I I, kind of want to mention. Yeah, sure. Um, you you had said that even in you know hard times like this, roughly um, you can learn from stuff, and and this is a good learning experience. This is something that we've talked about in the little a little bit in the past. Is this is why you've got to save money and you've got to be disciplined. And and I think I've mentioned this in the past, and if I have, it's it's well worth reiterating. But this is another one of those areas where you need to change your mindset from that of a a driver to that of a business owner. You know, when you're a driver and you're getting paid a wage for your driving, you you can for the most part take every last dime that you earn and you can go spend that cuz you're not going to have the same level of um, unexpected expenses and things that can happen later on down the road. And, and, and you usually aren't going to get yourself into too much trouble, but you just cannot do that as a business owner. You have to consistently and regularly set some money aside for rainy days when things like this happen so that you can weather the storm. If you don't, you're gonna, your, your ship's going to sink if you're, if you're not being disciplined and you're not setting that money aside. So it's, it's just, you know, it's absolutely critical. It's uh, Chris's favorite topic, saving money. <laughs> it is, yeah. It, it makes my wife frustrated sometimes. But, uh, you know, when, when situations like this happen with COVID, we, we you know, it, it's worth it. And we look back and we say, you know what, I'm glad we made the sacrifices. We, we didn't spend everything that we had. We set some money aside because, you know, I'd, I don't feel overly stressed right now about my financial situation because not just in Holland Assets, but in all my other businesses, we, we've been disciplined. We've put that money aside so that we're, we're not faced with, you know, are we going to be able to make payroll tomorrow or any of those stressful, um, you know, questions. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, Chris. All right. Well, that's a, a heck of a final thought. Anything else? 
give us some reviews. We'd, uh, I always oh, yeah. like the reviews, you know, shoot, whether it's on iTunes or Google play or wherever you listen to the podcast, give us a review, write something in it. Don't just put the number of stars. Tell us what you like about it, what you don't like about it. And we'll try to adapt the, uh, the podcast as, as, uh, based on your comments. Indeed. Okay. Well, thanks for listening everybody. And, uh, we will see you next week. Have a good week, Craig. A little bit more successful in the long run, and and uh, you know, I'm not sure I'm uh, <laughs> I tying that one I up it. very well. <laughs> um, you I, may have to you may have to work a little bit on that edit. That's fine. I've got it marked.